Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 2 of the Marketing Matters Podcast. I'm sat here with my uh, fellow podcast presenter, who I realised at the beginning of last one I forgot to introduce you, but hopefully people know who you are by now. So, hello David. I noticed. (laughs) You didn't say anything though. (laughs) Well, I thought it best not to. Right, fair enough. But uh, one thing we haven't been forgetting is the weather, and the weather is, yeah, definitely, in, it, it's gone back to proper glossop weather. Mixed. Well, it's not mixed, it's just been raining for the last 48 hours. But eventually it must stop, and I'm sure it will. Uh, I think it's just getting its averages back, because we haven't had any for a while, so it's getting its own back. So, yeah, definitely the, the weather is a feature here at the moment. But we're on the top floor of the gasworks, so I think it'll be a while before it impinges on, on what we're doing here. But what are we doing here today? So, David, what are we talking about today? E-business, isn't it? E-business, yeah. And I think it's probably worth just highlighting the difference between... Everybody talks about e-commerce, and we talked a little bit about e-commerce last time. But and if e-commerce is about, very specifically, about selling things online and taking orders online, what's e-business about? I thought it was interesting. I did a, um, a quick Google using the phrase e-business, and I think without exception, every single entry that came up, that as far as I could be bothered to look, were all actually referring to e-commerce, the process of as, as everybody knows, having a having products and a shopping cart and a catalogue and all of that and taking orders and that whole checkout process where I think, sure, that's a very important part and it's it's opened up a lot of opportunities for people. But I think it's, it's fair to say that with perhaps the odd exception, every business has some sort of online presence, while the vast majority of those businesses do not do e-commerce. They don't sell things online. And oh, what, I think an increasing number do. Increasing number do, but it's still a, it's still a tiny minority of yeah. all the websites out there. Yeah. And I think what we're saying is that e-business is the presence of your business online, whatever that means, and how that integrates with your whole business process. Because I think often the web and the internet is seen as technical, technological, all of that stuff. And so it tends to get put in a bit of a box as techie, where actually I think it should be a, it's a, it's a critical element of how you can communicate with your target audience. And, and so it should be fully integrated as part of your business process. And the fact that it's technical should be a almost an aside. It's just, it's a, it's a way of doing business. And it's critical to, as I say, pretty, or it should be critical and central to pretty much every business. And I think interestingly, when we're looking at this, I was just thinking as you were saying that, about the fact that e-commerce, you know, people, your products may be available online and they may it could be that that people can go online and order your products but it may be that you're not doing that directly if you're a manufacturer or you're a wholesaler or whatever you you may be not that that connection direct with the, the sort of the end user may not be direct with you if I'm, I'm not making a lot of sense here but the idea that you may sell to a third party offline because they buy in bulk or whatever who may then make your products available via e-commerce to the end user and I think e-business is looking at the broader aspect of okay well if that's the case how do you make sure that somebody is going to look for your product rather than in this in this great sort of mishmash of online offerings that is the internet how do you make sure that they're looking for your product rather than somebody else's 
even if you're not selling it to them directly. And I think it, it, it comes back to the uh, the absolute fundamentals of marketing and, and perhaps fundamentals of business. It, it's about what is your brand? How mm. is your product, your service perceived by your audience, by your, your target market? Because by building an effective brand so that people want to buy what you're selling is the process by which you can build a a strong and sustainable business and that as we've said many times before that the internet is just another suite of tools that you have for doing that and it's absolutely critical it's part of again an ongoing business process yeah and i think as you say it's it's i don't know do you use the word term branding now uh, once or twice yeah so i mean it is about branding and it's about people always think of, of a brand as being a physical thing so you know like a, a tin of beans at heinz is the obvious one it's all about tins of beans i think but, apple is the obvious one well, isn't it? well it's probably the big is one? nowadays yes yeah apple or I'm showing my age there. Actually, I guess when I did mine, it was all about jeans and tins of beans because Apple, I don't think, have been was around at that point. But yeah, now it's things like Apple, it's Amazon, and actually, Apple and Amazon are two very interesting things because Apple is, I guess, about a product. It is it, the Apple brand. Okay, it's it's broader than that now, but originally it was around a physical product. You were buying an Apple phone or an Apple computer. Well, said, I, I read this morning, in fact, that Apple, huge company though it is, still relies on the iPhone as a sub-brand of Apple mm. as for 50% of their revenue. Yeah, but probably shrinking at the moment. Well... <laughs> That was that was the essence but, of the article I was reading. Anyway. Yeah, and I think that Apple is, is a brand around products, whereas Amazon is not absolutely about. I mean, yeah, they're now starting to introduce own brand products, but it's, it, I guess, it's the. If I'm going back to the old school things, it's the Heinz and the, the Tesco's, isn't it? It's the Amazon are the Tesco, they are the, the the route to market, whereas Apple are the the physical product. But whichever you're talking about, people engage with a brand. And, and I mean, I had a, an interesting scenario recently that made me think about this. I bought, I've bought two things recently. I've recently got a mountain bike and I've started getting into mountain bikes and I, I wanted to convert my, to take the, the inner tubes out of it. And this involved a bit of technical stuff, which ultimately involved buying some sticky tape. And this sticky tape is on one face and I had the choice of buying a, a relatively inexpensive reel of packing tape which was being sold on the internet as this is this is just packing tape but it's basically the same stuff or i could buy something that was twice the price half the amount that i was buying but it was being branded it had a very nice branded muck off if if anyone's uh, into mountain biking they'll have heard of it and it was being branded as rim seal tape and the product for the job the product for the job and ultimately I ended up paying twice the price for half the amount because of the fact that that brand, I had confidence that it would do what it would do. And I did actually end up buying it off their website. But actually, I could have bought it from Amazon. I could have bought it from eBay or whatever. The fact that I was buying the product that I knew would do the job gave me that confidence. And it was about that brand. The reading glasses, on the other hand, I wanted to buy some. And I... I The reading glasses being the product number two that he bought. That's right. (laughs) He didn't mention that bit. Yeah, the product number two that I bought. And reading glasses I have a bit of a strange relationship with them because I am always forgetting them so I have hundreds of pairs of reading glasses so on the face of that I refuse to pay a lot for them so I was buying my two power 199 pair of reading glasses I wasn't willing to buy those online because I didn't know what I was getting and there was no sort of curation of my cheap and cheerful reading glasses I ended up buying them from a large 
bricks and mortar retailer because I knew even though I was paying only one ninety nine for them, there was someone there who decided. So you'll that, mention Muckoff, but you won't mention Tesco's. Well, okay. <laughs> But the fact is, I had, my thinking was the Tesco's brand meant that there was somebody in Tesco's who was deciding these one ninety nine reading glasses were sort of good enough to be sold in Tesco. So that gave me the confidence. So it was, it, rather than relying on the brand of the reading glasses, which are effectively unbranded, I was relying on the brand of, of the retailer. And I think that's where, whatever level it is, you are putting your confidence in somebody to deliver what you want and I think in terms of in business it's about that process of how do you connect your business and what your business represents and how do you communicate that to the people on the other other side of the internet. I, I, I think as often it comes back to those fundamentals we've talked about so many times that it's about can you demonstrate that you can deliver real value and benefit yeah. to your customer or do your customers understand what it is you can offer to them and do they believe that you're really going to offer it and that has been marketing ever since time immemorial um, yeah. and i think and it, it it is definitely a process i think there is a bit of a, a, a trend at the moment well at the moment over the recent years that if i can just get every get people to visit my website everything will be fine but it, i i think that's not a good way of looking at it and it should be seen not just as a I want to get to the top of Google so people find my website, but it's the it is the process, and we've sort of haven't we Duncan looked at it in terms of four different four different stages or four different elements. There, yeah, four different elements, and there are there are actually going to be four different four. I think four more episodes after the, or maybe five more episodes because we'll probably sum up at the end. But yeah, between now and the end of the year, and we're gonna devote each episode to looking at one of the these four elements of e-business and the first one is i mean the four words we've we've used to sort of encompass this are attract engage inform and retain so step one is about attracting people to your website if i may i think it was actually attract inform engage retain because i think it is attract is that get people to visit your website yeah inform them is that they see your website yep. gives them information that they need and that because they think, hang on, I'm getting somewhere here, that becomes engaging to them. And yeah. because they are engaged and hopefully they will do business with you and that that business, they find they, they get the benefit that they hope they're going to get, you then have a process through which you can retain and develop a long-term relationship with them. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, I obviously just wrote them down wrong when you when you, did, when you wrote them, to, told them to me. But yeah, so we're going to devote one of the uh, an episode to each of these four elements. So attracting them is about how do you actually get people to your website. Informing them is about okay, well once they get there, are you actually communicating what you want to about your business and how they can help you. Engaging them is about how do you actually get them then to communicate with you and make the inquiry or if you are e-commerce uh, to actually make the purchase and ultimately the retaining them is once you've gone through that process how do you make sure that they keep coming back and don't next time they need something similar go off and, and search elsewhere so th those four steps as I say one episode for each of them and hopefully over the, the process of that it will I mean this whole concept of, of branding and and communicating your message and telling your story I think will will come across because it, it, it's the for basically the process we're going to talk about is that process of how do you tell your story communicate your brand 
using electronic tools and, and the, the web. And, and I think it's important to stress, although we are we talked about it as, as four steps and, and talking about you know, four separate discussions, actually these things are all elements of a joined up process and that it's important that you in in planning it for your own business that you don't look at any one of them in isolation but you see them all as one leads to the next leads to the next and Mm. and ultimately it creates a uh, kind of virtuous loop of you you build customers who become advocates of of you and what you you have to offer and ultimately hopefully they can they might even then refer you or recommend you on to other people yeah and and it's not just about i think it's the, the just as we finish we should stress that it's not just about people obviously again associate very often brands with physical things i think here we want to look at it broader around the the idea that it's the brand encompasses yes the things that you're actually supplying or the services you're supplying but it's also about the, the messaging you're using on your website, the experience they get when they actually have to talk to you and the, the, the customer service, delivery, how you deliver it to people, all of these things are all encompassed in that brand and all have to tell the same story, I think. And I think perhaps it, we've been talking a little bit about, about e-commerce, but at, at the other end of the spectrum, but it, it applies just as equally to. I've been talking uh, recently to some uh, newly launched uh, business consultants and even if you're you're um, working as a sole trader, working as a business consultant, these these ideas apply just as mm. equally. And I think one of the issues that uh, that many new business consultants have is that they they don't want to miss an opportunity, so they try and overwhelm potential clients with all sorts of different possibilities of how they can help them because they know how good they are. But the problem is that the the person they're talking to doesn't, and it can just be too much for them and you've got to recognize that you can't always do it all in in one go one meeting you've got to try and create an an environment where maybe you can sort of keep in touch and build a relationship over time and this is one of the ways that that the internet and, and and web tools are immensely powerful to allow you to develop that drip drip process to 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 build engagement and and, and confidence with with your I was going to say market. trust is the one trust. and ultimately yeah, thank trust you. is that's is, the word I was looking yeah, for yeah I mean trust is what you're looking because whether you're you know I go to to to, uh, to Tesco's and love them or hate them I I trust them to deliver what they are. and ultimately if they don't I can go and because they've got a customer service you, department you trust I can their go, customer yeah, service I can go and and thump my fist and shout at their customer service people and I think that level of trust trust is it's more difficult to sort of build using remote when you're engaging remotely because there's let's face it there are a lot of people who are not trustworthy out there on in the the world of the of of the web and it's about raising yourself above that and while 90 percent, probably 99 percent of businesses are very trustworthy and want to deliver and do deliver the minority that don't are the ones that everybody remembers about and the ones that they're worried about so it's about how do you build that level of trust because that level of trust has a huge amount of value. And I'm going to finish with a with a story of a friend of mine just to demonstrate how much value that trust has. A friend of mine who's a back into the cycling thing. He's a big cycler, a cycling fan. And he buys stuff, you know, he's got a load of gear that he's used that he buys on the internet, uh, that he buys usually from eBay. But he has actually built a very nice little business by taking those products that he buys on eBay and marketing them through his own website. And he has de- developed a brand that his, his customers trust that if he says, 
this pair of sunglasses or this this pair of gloves I like and I use and I would recommend them and you can buy them here for you know whatever he's built that trust so people will buy that and they will buy a premium but he he can charge probably double what people could go and buy them uh, direct on eBay because of the fact that he is he has got people who trust him to have curated and found those products and know that if there's an issue with them he will deal with those issues so that that level of trust probably allows him to put a a sign well it does allow him to put a significant markup compared to what he goes and buys them on eBay the product is exactly the same but the trust that he is is in, in instilling in his customers allows him it has value and it has significant value. And I think that's true, true of any business. Yeah, I, I think just, I, I know we, we, we're kind of running out of time, yeah. but I think we've got to be a wee bit careful here because um, you, you're using the term markup implying I am buying it for £10 and then I'm selling it on to you for £20, yeah. implying that, are you a bit stupid for not buying it Absolutely. for £10? No, just, just no. Hit, hear me out. But that's because you're talking about markup, and it's not markup. What he is doing is he is selling his knowledge, his expertise, and he is selling, uh, he is building on the, the trust relationship yeah. that he has. And so what people are paying for is not just a markup on a product. No, but it's, it's value-added. It's value-added. It's value-added. Yeah. And I think that, it, I, I'm really stressing this because I think it's very easy to... If you, if you just talk about markup, that you drive everything down to what's the cheapest place yeah. I can buy it without recognizing that there is more to buying a product than the cost of the product. It's about the the, the whole process that that gets that product to yeah. you. And I think it needs to be stressed as in a different way that he's selling the product at, at cost, yeah. but he is charging for his input. Yeah, yeah, and the risks, you know, there's, yeah, absolutely, and I think that's absolutely right. It is about value added. It's not about, because ultimately he, and you, you mentioned the figure of, of, of uh, sort of 10 and 20 pounds. That's actually about, yeah, he, he is adding 100% value to that product because he is buying them at sort of, for a pair of sunglasses, 10 pounds and selling them at 20. But that 10 pounds, as you say, it is, that that's the value he is adding because, uh, he almost doesn't make any secret of the fact that you could go and buy them somewhere else for cheaper. It's it's you know it's about the fact that people go to him because they don't have to go and filter through all the the dross on the internet to find the decent stuff. He, they know, they trust him to say this is a product I've used, I've bought it, and I'm giving you the benefit of that knowledge. So it is he is adding value to those people, and people are willing to pay for that. And I think that's really what we want to talk about over the the course of this is about how. Do, what is that value and how do you build that value for your customers and ultimately how does that how do you make the most of that value for your business yeah no i think you know what what is your added value it's it's not about markup it's about added value okay and i think on that point we will leave it for this week as i say over the next four weeks we're going to be talking about this how attracting people to your website informing them once they get there how that engages with those people and ultimately how that turns them into real loyal customers so that's sort of what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks but until then you'll as usual you'll find previous podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com you'll find us on LinkedIn and Twitter at BSA Marketing and you'll also find our website which is www.bsamarketing.com where you'll find links to all of this stuff so until then until we see you next time we will just say goodbye and happy marketing bye